Telling other people who you are and what you do should be quite easy, right? Wrong! Being able to explain yourself in a succinct way is really hard. For example, I initially struggled to explain the mission of this podcast. I would tell people all of the things I'm passionate about, such as agility, productivity, creativity, coaching, leadership, entrepreneurship, and so on. But when I boiled it down to the things that connected all of these themes, it was the human skills for the future that I was really passionate about. And with the recent explosion of AI and ChatGPT, it's actually made the purpose of this podcast much easier to explain, since nearly everyone is reflecting on how they will continue to stay relevant with their skills and expertise. So in this episode, I wanted to find an expert who can help us to articulate our why so that we can communicate more compelling messages about what we do. I had the privilege of picking the brains of Felicity Cowie, who is a global communications trainer. She works with some of the world's leading organizations and is an award-winning former BBC News, ITV News and Panorama journalist and author of the book Exposure, Insider Secrets to Make Your Business a Go-To Authority for Journalists. Now, please stay tuned until the very end of the episode because Felicity is offering a prize and uh, we're launching a competition. Please do wait for that until the very end of the show. So let's kick off with what technique Felicity recommends as her go-to approach that she would like us to explore in this episode. My superpower that I want to bring to this episode is something that I call my 50 Mighty Words tool. And it is a tool that helps anybody describe their entire business or their immediate project in a really concise and clear way and in 50 words. The advantage of this is that it helps other people engage with you really quickly. Before we get into the practical uses of this tool, I was keen to get to know Felicity better. I find that when we look to times of when we have overcome adversity, we can learn an incredible amount about a person. So I asked Felicity if she could share an example of an early childhood memory of failure and what she had learned from the experience. It's a fantastic question. <laughs> I think my answer would be that as a child, through my whole childhood, we were always on the move as a family. My dad was changing jobs a lot of the time. And so what that meant was we were often moving to different towns, even different countries, different schools and different houses. There was an awful lot of change. And so maybe it's too strong to put it as a failure, but I guess I never had a particularly clear identity as a child because I was constantly in new breaking sort of situations and I think perhaps that is uh, why it appealed to me to become a breaking news journalist which I did for you know quite a long time and probably what drives my passion for what I do now which is helping people really get to the headlines of who they are as a business or what their project is about and communicating that as quickly as possible to engage other people it's is <laughs> 
This question has prompted me to kind of perhaps look at that and where passion comes from is a skill that I was kind of adapting and using from an early age and I guess was taking me forward in different situations is something I'm very passionate about helping other people do. I think because maybe as well, I'm very aware, I guess on a personal level, this would have been true as a child, but I'm certainly aware when I've worked in businesses, how difficult and painful it can be to have all these ideas about your business and your change and what you want to do and not to be able to, you know, to feel like an outsider with that, to not to be able to get other people interested and engaged and building with you on what you're doing. So yeah, thank you for that. A great question. It's always great to understand how people have got into their field of expertise. And so that could be a defining moment in your life where you encountered a particular tragedy or there may have been a point of inspiration in your life. And so for this question, I was keen to understand what was that defining moment that got Felicity interested in the work she does now. I had been working as a journalist for around 15 years. I started very young as a journalist. I was sort of already being trained when I was around about 15 or 16. And I loved the writing. I loved writing with other people. I'm very proud of all of the work I did. I covered some very difficult stories as well. But I got to a point where I felt very uncomfortable with what I was doing. I was working as an investigative journalist and we were bringing focus on problems that you know were happening with different organizations, failures and their outcomes and how they impacted on people. And I was proud of some of that work, that we were bringing things into light that had been hidden with the genuine aim of hoping that would improve things. But what I started to feel really uncomfortable about was because people didn't want to end up on national television for their mistakes, they would hide them, not communicate about them at points where early communications would have resolved things. And I couldn't help but feel that one of the reasons people buried bad news in their organisations or didn't speak up was because they were worried about hitting the headlines for bad work. And I felt uncomfortable that I was part of that pressure. And I also felt, having worked as a journalist for around 15 years and conscious that I had gained some really unusual and powerful communication skills, really because of an aptitude for it, but also all the training and investment that had been made in me, and plus all the repetition. <laughs> of doing all this writing and communicating, you know, every 15 minutes, every half an hour, every hour, whatever. I just thought I have all of this superpower, this heightened ability to communicate and I'm not plugging it in at the right place. I'm bringing it all to bear when communication failure has been so catastrophic that a business has now, you know, lost significant amounts of money or, you know, there's been loss of life or just a, you know, a huge impact. And it's now, um, you know, got to a point where something so bad's happened, it's sort of almost irreversible. It will take a lot to put it right. And I thought, I just want to take all of this and go into organizations much earlier on and give them opportunities and teach them and help them. I don't know, it was idealistic. <laughs> But I wanted to go in and try and plug in that sort of communication skills earlier on. So the communication failures of magnitude could be avoided. That sort of snowballing of problems could be avoided. It was idealistic because um, 
you know, crossing the floor from being a journalist and then going to work with organizations was very different. And it has taken a lot to understand how organizations work and to become a lot more sympathetic to how these communication failures can happen. But it has been incredibly rewarding work. And I am very glad that when I realized I had this communications superpower and I could use it in different ways, I'm very proud of all of the work I've done. And especially, I think, the work I've done in the last 10 years. With the recent spotlight thrown onto journalists by Prince Harry's book, Spare, it's easy to forget that we're all human and trying to do a good job. Quite clearly, Felicity had seen the darker side of journalism and decided she wanted to use her experiences and refocus her talents for the good of others in a different way. And that's something that should be absolutely applauded. And speaking of helping others, let's hear more about Felicity's superpower for this episode and how you too can apply it for yourselves. What I want to share with everybody who's listening is my absolute fundamental lesson that I teach everybody that I communicate with. And it's something that when I was a journalist, I longed for people who were pitching at me to be able to do. So um, it, this works for you if you do want to pitch to journalists, but it also works if you want to pitch to you know anybody that can be investors, but it can be your customers. It can be when you're networking at an event. It can be when you're attempting to tell another team about what your team does. It's got so many applications, so it underpins all good communications in my experience. I have called it my 50 Mighty Words tool to give it a name, and I'm going to quickly walk you through it so that you can have a go at using it because the beauty of this tool as well is that I find when I teach it to people, they grasp it so quickly and implement it so quickly, their confidence takes you know a huge, huge rise up. So what you need to be able to do is describe your business or your business project in around 50 words and answer some key questions in those 50 words. The reasons that works is that our brains, all human brains, crave answers to these questions. I guess they're almost like our algorithms. We need answers to these questions and we need answers quickly. It's, yes, we live in a noisy world, but I think this is always true of us. We need answers to these questions really quickly because ultimately, if Google is made in our image, we're all being approached with new information and we're all rapidly assessing it, thinking, why do I care? Is this of value? Why do I care? So if you can give people enough information to help them think, yes, I do care enough to listen more, then that's your sort of like level one communication sort of tip. <laughs> so I'm going to teach you that now. So what you need to do is let's take an example of a business. I'm just going to boom, totally make this up so that it's easy for you to grasp what I'm talking about. And so let's imagine that we have a business and we are called Smith Limited. And this business wants to go to networking events. It wants to put some stuff on its social media, bios. It wants to pitch to journalists, pitch to investors. Maybe Smith Limited is your business and you're just at a wedding and somebody's asking you, oh, what do you do? So this is how to create this answer, how to find these 50 words that are going to describe what you do. So 
There's five prompts to work with here. So the first prompt is your name. And that's really simple because your name is, in this case of this example, it's Smith Limited. It's the name of your business. If your business is you, it's your name. The second prompt to answer is what you do. And you really need to crunch this down really as, as short as possible and as kind of as broad as possible, but it also must be tangible. So there aren't, this isn't aspirational or vision. This is really simply what you do at the broadest level. So let's say Smith Limited, it makes umbrellas. It's an umbrella making company. The third prompt is where and when do you do it? You don't have to answer both where and when. The purpose of this is to reassure other listeners that your business or your project has some sort of tangible place in the world. It's trusted by other people. So in my example, I'm going to say Smith Limited makes umbrellas in London and they're sold globally. So hopefully you can see from answering that prompt in such short words, it's just reassuring people, oh, okay, yeah, you're based somewhere, you do something, people presumably buy it. Like, <laughs> So prompt number four, how do you do it? Again, you want to keep this as short as possible and you want to crunch this down into your, you know, your secret sauce, the main thing that makes you different. So let's go back to our Smith Limited example. And what we're going to say is they use patented waterproofing tech. That's how they make these umbrellas. And then prompt number five is an easy one. It's returning back to who you are, that first question of, you know, who are you? What's your name? But it's just putting a little bit more detail in there. It's kind of showing the listener where to go to find out more about you. So this is one place you want to send everybody to get more information about you. It's not all your channels. It's just one place. So for a lot of businesses, that would be your website. From there, people can go and find out more. So if I'm going to turn these prompts now into my full example, there's 50 words. And it, actually, this one is a bit under 50. 50 is, yeah, it's a kind of an approximation. You can be under or over a bit. It's not exact, but it's, you know, you want to be around that amount. Um, I find anything shorter, people are glossing over or missing out the step or being a bit too vague. And anything that's going way over, say, 70, people are getting into a bit too much detail and you don't have to go into all of that detail because you've given them this, here's my website, go and find out more for yourself. So you've kind of taken that pressure off of yourself and the listener in that moment. So the example would be Smith Limited makes umbrellas in London, sold globally using our patented waterproofing tech. More information, smith.com. Hopefully, if you're listening to that, you can immediately start to think how that is relevant to either your entire business or perhaps a project that you're conscious you're trying to get land with somebody. Um, if this is something internal, you might not want to send people to you know your website and they may be very conscious of you know the name of your overall business. But this can be tweaked to say the name of your department, what your department does, where and when it does it, how it does it. And then, you know, where they can go and find out more about you in detail if it's coming to a meeting with you or, you know, there's somewhere on your intranet. If this is a project that you're trying to get through with other people in your business and perhaps stakeholders, perhaps there is a mini site or a fact sheet or something that you can point people to. And if this is being done verbally, once you've done this and people's brains go, oh, okay, yep, I get what this is enough for me to think, yeah, I'd like to know a bit more. They will then ask their own questions 
And actually, we're usually quite good at that. Once people start to click in and ask us questions, we know our stuff when we start to give more detailed answers. But all of this is about positioning very clearly who you are so that people can get the right end of the stick and not misunderstand what you do so that you can accelerate the work that you do with other people. I really hope that's helpful for everybody. That's certainly given me lots of food for thought and I'll be trying out those great tips for myself. I think it's definitely a way to come up with a very succinct way of introducing yourself before a presentation or during those times when you have to give an elevator pitch about yourself or your brand. Next, I was keen to know how Felicity had been using this technique with her clients and what were the outcomes. I have very recently started working with founders of new businesses, even pre-startups. So totally the other end of the scale of all of the work I've been doing with very large organizations, which I continue to do. But what I wanted to do was instead of helping maybe, you know, four or five organizations, large organizations a year, I wanted to see if I could smaller businesses who are actually not encumbered with how they talk about themselves because it's all new, <laughs> how I could start them right from the foundation of their businesses with their communications. And so last year in 2022, I published a book called Exposure, which won a publishing contract because of the value for founders, where it just gives them my entire toolkit of how to work with the media so that you can get your business ready, you can be aware of what might happen. And there's a half of the book is a toolkit of all of my tools from things like press releases and all of this to help you do that work. Then what sort of came out of that is in, in that book, I spoke about the 50 words that I've just given you the exercise on. I spoke about that as in how critical it is that you include that and you know that about yourself before you go anywhere near a journalist. And then in the course of some of that work with businesses, I realized that actually knowing this identity, being able to describe your business was so critical, even beyond, even before that step of going out for exposure and talking to anybody about your business, just for founders to get really clear in their own minds what they were doing and have almost this, this clarity so that when all the opportunities came in and they had all this stuff on their to-do list, they could kind of refer it back to this 50 words of what their business was about and what they were doing. So I started to pilot some Describe Your Business masterclasses, just one hour Zoom classes where I walked people through the very same exercise I've given you and then gave them to. 10 minutes to apply that tool to their own business or project and then kind of post back where they were. And it has been just incredibly exciting and rewarding to see how rapidly people are able to grasp the tool, use it, apply it to their businesses. And these are businesses as diverse as, oh, you know, oh gosh, I mean, anything, anything you can imagine in any sector and actually any sort of like early stage, people have been able to take this tool and use it. So it's been as valuable and as useful to them as it has been to my, you know, my much larger clients. But the impact of that and the speed of it has been very exciting because in uh, large organizations find this difficult because there are quite a lot of, if a large organization has gone through several acquisitions and it's very big and there's lots of people and there's, you know, there are politics in organizations, it can be quite hard to define what your business is in 50 words. It absolutely needs to be done and it's not impossible, but it takes, it takes a lot of of work because there's a lot of people who need to be kind of brought into it and a lot of things need to be considered. But 
If you're a startup or a founder or a very early stage business, yes, you may have the challenge of you're trying to define yourself and find product market fit. But actually, you can create this very quickly, these 50 words, because you don't have this history and you don't have all of these people that you need to kind of align with and, you know, and get on board and listen to and make sure you've got it right. So I would say that that would be my example of a very recent success with the superpower, with the 50 mighty words tool in action. One thing I've learned over the last 80 episodes or so of this podcast is that the listeners love to hear about scientific research behind the thought leadership our guests bring to the show. So I was keen to hear what research Felicity had come across that supports the effectiveness of some of her approaches. There is something called anchoring bias, which I think explains why the 50 mighty words can be so powerful and certainly why it's incredibly important to get it right if you are approaching investors or the media because anchoring bias which i believe is a concept that was developed back in 1974 it suggests that all information that we hear about something we relate back to the first information we had about it so we contextualize what we know about something based on the first time we encountered that thing. So what this means in the context of what I do is that if you go out and you describe your business to a journalist and that journalist writes about your business and you get loads of coverage about it and then as journalists tend to do, other ones pick up on it and they then start relaying what the first journalist said. This whole chain of communication can start and this amplification of your business and what you do, which sounds wonderful and is what a lot of businesses it makes or breaks them. But the difficulty is if the journalist has picked up on the wrong information about your business and so has created this um, anchoring bias so that when they then return to it in their minds or anybody else who picks up on their story, they think you are this thing that you were first introduced as. Journalists obviously are notorious for getting you know things wrong, spelling names wrong and businesses names wrong and getting the wrong end of the stick and all of that. And you know I'm not going to deny it is a risk that you run when you start to work with journalists, but you can really mitigate that risk. Um, and with, you know, with anybody by just taking your time to get these 50 words really clear for yourself and then being very consistent about how you use them in all of your communications. Because what you're doing is setting an anchoring bias. And then when people come back to you later on, they will, you know, be able to pick up in their minds from where they left off with you. So, for example, if we just go back to the thing, the exercise that I walked you through in the illustration of Smith Limited, the umbrella making company in London. Through that example, I will have given you an anchoring bias that this that Smith Limited makes umbrellas in London. They're sold globally. They use patented waterproofing tech. I've kind of put that anchoring bias into your into your minds because it's the first time you've ever heard of this version of this company. If Smith Limited then decides it's not doing umbrellas anymore, it's doing, you know, I don't know, rubber ducks. I don't, I, don't, I don't know why I've made that leap, but let's say that's something very different. It's not necessarily the end of the world, but you are going to have this challenge of like you're known for umbrellas. So how do you make that 
you're going to have to make that connection for people. You're going to have to build that into your story. Now, that's fine for some businesses. And actually, there's lots of exciting ways that you could do that. In the illustration, I talked about how their how was they had this patented waterproofing tech. And, you know, you could use that as a bridge. We could, it, it's, you know, nothing is lost. It's all doable. But the problem is if Smith Limited hadn't made it clear that it made umbrellas and then whoever picked up on that information thought they did something different, maybe thought they sold umbrellas, they didn't make them, they were a distributor, say, and then that gets picked up wrongly everywhere. And then you're constantly having to explain, no, we don't do that. We do this. This is why I say to people, it's absolutely fundamental to get this stuff right before you go anywhere near a journalist but it's also true before you go in front of you know clients and investors you do not want to be making up and retelling and apologizing you know and re-clarifying your business story again and again there really is no need if you put the thinking into the beginning and as I said you're very consistent about these 50 words and you get that and you use that as this anchoring bias you've created your own anchoring bias so that when people come back to you, they know broadly what you do and they can then start to think about how they want to engage with that further. If listeners to the podcast want to know more about this superpower, then and they want to know about it from me, then I offer lots of free teaching on LinkedIn. That's Felicity Cowie. So there's a place to find that there. I also have these masterclasses, the Describe Your Business Masterclass and masterclasses around working with the media, and of course, there is my book, Exposure, which has my toolkit in it. And I have another book, which you can also get via Amazon. And that is called 50 Mighty Words to Grow Your Business. And that covers some of what I've been talking about here as well. So that's how you can find out more about working with me to develop this for your for yourself. Other things to do, I think, are to go to news platforms that you value and to look at how they describe businesses to look at how they will say you know they will introduce a business is like umbrella maker <laughs> smith limited today announced they will you know in, have a quick look around things and just bring it into your own awareness how much these kind of 50 words are used as kind of like signs really to help people identify and understand what something is and you'll see that it's very and that even before you get into the detail of the actual particular specific story that is relevant to that business and is being told, you will see throughout that just a, a description of who this source of this story is and what they do. And I think familiarizing yourself with how much that's used, how much of a shorthand that sort of is that runs through all of communications is valuable for you to see how reassuring it is for your brain to sort of think, oh, I'm going to read this story because I've realized it's about this umbrella making company and I'm interested in companies that make umbrellas and their perspectives or you know, or whatever. So I think in so tapping into your own way that you receive this information so that you can see the value of it and the importance of doing it yourself is a very it's a very worthwhile thing to do. Wow, I've learned so much for myself in this episode, and I hope you have too. Before we wrap up this episode, I wanted to give Felicity the last word and how we can contact her to find out more. So I really want to encourage you to reach out to Felicity directly if you want to learn more about the great work that she's doing. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm really looking forward to hearing the feedback from your listeners. And if people want to get in touch with me, then go to LinkedIn, 
and follow me or direct message me, connect with me. Really happy to answer questions there. That's a, I'm on LinkedIn a lot. That's my main social media channel that I use. So do go there. If you want to find out more information, as I teach you my example, you can go to my main website, which is www.cowiecom.com. So that's www.cowiecom.com. And that will give you information about me as well. Thank you so much. As promised at the start of the episode, it's competition time. And in order to enter, simply use the 50 word tool that was shared in this episode to describe your core business identity in just 50 words. Felicity will review all of the entries and will pick a winner. And she's giving away a free copy of her book, Exposure, Inside Secrets to Make Your Business a Go-To Authority for Journalists. And she'll even give the winner a critique of their 50 words so that you have some targeted feedback. In order to enter, simply submit your entry using the link in the show notes and we'll announce the winner in about a month's time after this episode goes live. So the very best of luck.